Hello everyone and welcome back to Between the Shadows episode 33. Mm-hmm. This is Kara. This is Kristen. And we are back to wrap up guys. I promise this dream curse. Yes. Here we go. We're just going to get right into it. Yes. No mucking about. That's right. Here we go. Nicholas Blair has shown up on yes. Colin Wood's doorstep. So yes. that's where we're going to start. Yes. He's a brand new character. A brand new actor. He's not a recycled actor playing somebody else. Mm-hmm. Humbert Allen Estrada. Oh, yes. Yes. I love him. I do, so too. So much. So charming. So convincing. So very sure of himself. And maybe just a little bit arrogant. And, a but, little. But we, yeah, oh, yeah. Probably very much very arrogant. But, <laughs> but we love him and we know him as Nicholas Blair. Yeah. And... He, he's very convincing as Cassandra's brother, if you mm-hmm. didn't know that Cassandra was Angelique. Yeah. And he shows up and tells them he's just come from none other than Martinique. Oh, fancy that. You fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to surprise Cassandra, you know, showing up, con- claiming that not knowing, not knowing where Cassandra is, not knowing that Cassandra has gone. Yeah. Very convincing. But Roger tells him that Cassandra is missing and... Rather than freak out and wonder where she is, Nicholas very cleverly says, oh, this is usual for her, especially when she feels like there's hostility and dislike towards her. And mm-hmm. then he starts pointing out all the girls in the house and say, you didn't like her. You didn't like her. He's like, and <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah. And I, I mean, he, Nicholas Blair was absolutely convincing as a relative of Cassandra. Yeah. And it's no wonder the freaking family bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Julia and Barnabas didn't buy it, but they know who Cassandra really is. Mm-hmm. But he really sold his butt off with this act he put on. And he also says with great certainty that Cassandra will, in fact, be back. She'll be back. And Roger lets him stay at Collinwood, shows him the portrait of Angelique, and Nicholas asks, can I Can I take it? I, I It's kind of a hobby. Let me restore it myself. Mm-hmm. And us as viewers were like, oh, crap. He's yeah. going to bring her back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So Nicholas discovers that Trask is the one responsible for disposing of Angelique. So he goes to the alcove in the old house and attempts to bring him back. But he has to hypnotize Willie first. (laughs) And Willie spills his guts. Lights up a smoke and spills his guts. Completely. Completely. (laughs) We very quickly learn that Nicholas is a very brilliant warlock. This is a conversation I want to bring up later once we get further into Nicholas, but... Question for you to ponder, listeners and Kara as well. Is Nicholas a demon or is he a human that's just a warlock who has sold his soul to Satan? Discuss. Go on. I'll just throw mine out there now. I agree with uh, who was it that said it to him? Trask. It was Trask. You're the devil himself. Okay. That, that okay. has always been my opinion. Okay. I agree with Trask, if anything, on that. Okay. All right. That's my opinion. Listeners out there, I want to hear what you think. Is Nicholas Blair a demon? Is he the devil? Or is he just your resident warlock? Yeah. Human who sold himself to the devil. I want to know what y'all think. Let mm-hmm. us know. All right. Mm-hmm. Continue. But he's able to bring Trask back. Mm-hmm. And Trask, Trask insists that he's a man of God and he is not wicked. But Nicholas says to him, <laughs> says this to him and it just took my breath away. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you were a blind, overzealous fanatic, a bigot and a fraud, intolerant cruel and unjust i have to tell you though that's not the part that got me yes that was completely bold of him to say because because nicholas obviously he's arrogant he ain't afraid but the part that he's the the part that got me was when he followed that up with a man after my own heart Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. i mean obviously Mm -hmm. it it got it got you know trask worked up too you know 
Nicholas called him out on all of his scheming and conniving, and it just floored me. Yeah. And it goes to show that everything I thought about Trask up until this point was pretty true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe that if he had been true to the Lord, he would have been able to fight Nicholas. Oh, yeah. And his, he, and, and his commands, like Nicholas's commands, but he couldn't. The only way that Trask was able to get away was when he produced a cross. Yeah. But, but Trask's words were not anointed. They were not, you know, coming from the Lord. Mm -mm. The only way he was able to get even just away from Nicholas was when he produced that cross. Right. So, I mean, this, if I had any doubts about Trask being a fraud up until this point, they are, they are diminished now. Yeah. So. Nicholas makes it, he's starting to make his rounds, obviously. Yeah. And his next stop is Tony Peterson. Yeah. And he ends up hypnotizing him to see if he can tell him where Angelique was exercised. Mm -hmm. Tony, in his little mind bubble here, can see a tree, but can't really tell where the tree is. But there are ropes around the tree. Mm -hmm. And so back at Collinwood, Jeff Clark shows up unexpectedly. And mm -hmm. we remember that he was doing some research and asking about his past since Dr. Lang died. Mm -hmm. But now he has returned with absolutely nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. He's not even convinced that his name is actually Jeff Clark at yeah. this point. Yeah. Because there's no record of him anywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, this works Vicky's attention, and she gets back on the Peter Bradford kick. Mm -hmm. And he's upset, and understandably so. And he just can't accept that he is someone who lived 200 years ago. I mean, yeah. it's, it's too much to fathom. Yeah, to... it's like, it's like it's impossible, Vicky. It, it, it can't happen, you yeah. know. I mean, he leaves the room for a moment and leaves Vicky in the drawing room. Mm hmm and the ghost of Trask shows up and warns Vicky that there is witchcraft in the house. And Jeff shows up and calls him out by name. Just boom. Trask. Leave her alone, Trask. Uh-huh. <laughs> and says that Vicky's innocent but cannot remember in a few moments later. Yeah, yeah. What he just said. It's one of them weird flashes for Jeff, you know. He, it's like a blackout. Like it's, it's, that, it's like that moment when he went up to the mausoleum to the lion's head and just grabbed the ring. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't remember doing it, but... It just felt normal. Yeah, like but... it felt... Not, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, this is all leading up to something here. We all know what it's leading up to. Yeah. But, but how long are we going to drag it out? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like with this Cassandra thing. How long are we really going to drag this right, out? Right, exa exactly. She she is still claiming to the family's face and Barnabas's face that she's Cassandra Collins and not Angelique. But, right. but later on, Jeff has a dream at the Evans Cottage about Nathan Forbes. Mm -hmm. I liked this one because, yeah. I mean, what else do you have to go off of with this? We're getting there. <laughs> about, about killing Nathan. And he wakes up and attacks Joe. Obviously, mm -hmm. who looks a lot like Forbes, but Joe just came in to like wake him from his nightmare. Yeah, Joe is spending the night at Maggie's house because Sam has just died, and yeah. he didn't want Maggie to be alone. Ma Maggie even asked him, "Joe, would you stay here?" Yeah, sleep on the couch. You know, he's very he's a very proper guy. He sleeps on the couch and not the same bed as Maggie. <laughs> at this point, rest in peace. He could just take Sam's bed. Exactly. I know. I know. Poor guy. And, and Jeff is still living there because he's renting a room. You know. Right. So. But these two occurrences have him believing that he is in fact Peter Bradford more and more and more. Yeah. 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 And the fact that he knew two people from when Vicky went to the past, Forbes and Trask, seems to be enough proof. Yeah. Yeah. But um in the meantime, Nicholas is trying to find out where Angelique was exercised by using the portrait when Vicky walks in on him. Mm -hmm. And he wants Vicky to let him have the painting restored and she says no. 
And she very quickly takes it from him and doesn't loan it to him even after he asks. <laughs> I think like, he's like, nope. GTFO, get out. <laughs> <laughs> out of my face. <laughs> so he works Vicky a different way. Yeah. He ends up having Vicky under hypnosis, you know, show him where she was exercised yes. in the past. Yes. And she has a short, he has a short conversation with Roger before this. And Roger, you know, Roger had told him the quote-unquote delusion she had had about being in the year 1795 and that she was condemned and hanged as a witch Mm -hmm. as a result of a witch hunter named Reverend Trask. Interesting. What was this again? Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. So Nicholas was able to bring Cassandra back. He goes to the tree and there she is. You know, he calls calls on all the powers of darkness to bring her back and Mm -hmm. she's grateful and he immediately, Nicholas starts on her immediately, scolds her and like, How'd you let this happen, girl? What mm-hmm. are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, your power should have been stronger than Trask. What, what happened? Yeah. And then he immediately blames it on the fact that she's still in love with Barnabas. I That's agree. the first it's, thing. It's blinding. I agree. It's blinding. Yeah. Her, her. and I've said it, and I'm going to say it again before we're done with this. I've said it before, and, I, and Cassandra slash Angelique could have been an extremely powerful witch. And Patrick McCray, if you're listening, I'm, I want your thoughts on this, too. <laughs> but... <laughs> She she was such an enormously talented and powerful witch, but her love for Barnabas always took precedent over mm-hmm. that, whether she realized it or not. Mm-hmm. It always took precedent over her ability to be a witch, it to became, be an effective witch. It became obsession. It did. Like it. It wasn't even. And I feel like Nicholas, in so many words, told this to oh, Angelique yeah, like at absolutely. one point. He's like, at this point, it's not even love. You're just obsessed. Yeah, you're, you're a obsessed. Fool. You're a fool. Yeah. And yeah, so, so yeah, but, but he's absolutely right. And she's still denying it to this point, but <laughs> yeah, she swears up and down that she hates him and she'll always hate him. But Nicholas knows better. He knows. Uh, yeah. She said from this moment on, she'll think of nothing but vengeance and hatred against Barnabas Collins. Mm-hmm. And Nicholas was like, well, you have to, because I won't save you again. Yeah. And they come yeah. up with a story to tell the family and the household and they talk about a bargain. That we as viewers know nothing about just yet. Nicholas says he brought her back because of their bargain. And that he will help her because of their bargain. Yeah. And I I tried to look up some research. Tried to do some digging on this bargain that he talked about. And I think the bargain was. I might be wrong. But I think in my personal opinion. Here's what I think it was. I think that Nicholas Blair had a hand in allowing Angelique to piggyback on Victoria to come back to the to, to the present in order to get Barnabas. And then again, when he had to bring her back after being exercised, he's like, I brought you back to finish this curse. You have to finish this. This is the bargain. If you yeah. don't finish it, you're out of McGrath. It's my you know? reputation. Yeah. If you exactly. fail again. There's a pecking order. And there, I'm not going to let you or yeah. I'll take you out myself. We, we learned very quickly that in the realms of darkness here, there is a pecking order, and Nicholas is over Angelique. Yeah, it's There is obvious. a pecking order. It's obvious. <laughs> and that also kind of... I, I know we get down later the road where they actually go into hell. Yeah. And there is, like, a Satan of some sorts in there. Behind a desk, by the way. But I still stand by my statement with Nicholas. I feel like he's the devil himself. Yeah. In a physical form on Earth. Yeah. I, I think... You know- there's a lot of there's a lot of room for speculation, you and, know. But the way Angelique cowers to Nicholas, like he's the boss, right? That, right. I mean, always and forever. But there, but there like, are some instances where you know Nicholas, you know, he, Angelique will say something to him, and like towards the end of this, we're we're jumping ahead just a bit, but it's all right. Um, when she asks to be saved, 
you know, from what Nicholas is eventually going to do to her because she can't get her life together. He he tells her, he was like, I can't do that. What would my master say? And she was like, well, he's my master too, you know. So I don't know. I don't I don't know. So, which, which again is why I pose my question to the listeners and to, and to you, of course, what is Nicholas Blair? Is he human or is he a demon? So... I, I hate to get so I hate to jump so far ahead, but I have to because we're talking about Nicholas Blair. But uh, when we jump to um, the era where he is Evan Hanley, mm-hmm. I think your opinion is he just an, an incredible warlock? That's Evan Hanley. Yeah, a human that's a really good warlock. Yeah, it, you can tell the difference. Okay, between Nicholas Blair okay. and Evan Hanley, they both practiced witchcraft and were whatever. Since I posed the question, I'm not going to keep you all in suspense. I'll give you my thoughts on this. And I was talking about this with, with Matt, my husband. Is Nicholas Blair a demon or is he human? And I wanted to say that he was human because he fell in love with Maggie. However, I, I, and, I, and I told Matt this, I said, can demons love? I mean, can they have emotions like that? I said, I don't think demons can love. He was like, I don't agree. He's like, I think demons can love. I agree with that, yeah. And so, so, so now my inclination, because I thought about that, and maybe demons can love, you know, they're, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe he is just a demon. He's obviously a, an agent of Satan, a very devoted agent of Satan. So my thoughts are, is he's a demon <laughs> and not a, and not a, and not a human. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's all up for speculation. It is all up for speculation. And, and nothing is wrong. No opinion is wrong. Exactly. They, they never, they never clearly say, and, 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 Humbert Alan Ostrato was on uh, a radio interview, like mm-hmm. way back in the day after he first came on. This was in the middle of all this, the Jeff Clark, Peter Bradford, and the Nicholas Blair era. Mm-hmm. And he was saying he was like the resident evil spirit. Of Collinwood. Love you, Jill. Of, of, Col- of, Col- of Collinwood, yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah. So so that's what that's what um, Ostrato had to say about it. You know, he, he's just like the resident I can't even do it now instead of saying resident of Collinwood. <laughs> the resident evil spirit of, of Collinwood, of Collinsport, you know, yeah, yeah. like like he has a district, you know, like a tri-state area or yeah. something. So I, I don't know. my territory. I, yeah. So yeah, he, this is his territory. And because he had a hand in bringing back Angelique, now this is his dojo too. He's got to go right. and fix all of her mistakes. Again, it's, it's my reputation on the line now. Exactly. Exactly. Because their master is watching or whatever, you know. So, He's so like, and I'll be damned. I, Pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But so because because he fell in love because he had those human emotions, it made me want to say he's a human. But then, you know, Matt was like, demons can love too. You know, demons can have those emotions too. And uh, you know? I'll say this to wrap it up, but a really good majority of the time, in my opinion, the most evilest of evil people or beings, whatever you want to call them, are the way they are. They are so evil because love probably turned their back on them. Ooh, good point. So, yeah, I agree with Matt. Good I point. I think demons included are capable of love. Good point. Good point. Good to point. wrap that up. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. So back on with where we're at in the story. Cassandra shows back up at Collinwood. Yeah. Yeah. Tells Roger her story and, and Roger eats it up. Yeah. And then pretends to be completely shocked when Nicholas 
quote-unquote, shows up. Yeah. Like, Nicholas, what are you doing here? Blah, blah, you know. Brother and sister banter, you know. And that's the point when everyone realizes that Vicky has gone missing. Yeah. She's not in her bed. She's not in the house. The, fr- the front door was wide open. Mm-hmm. Where is Vicky? Mm-hmm. And, oh, and also Jeff has come calling on her. It's 2 a.m. And yeah. Jeff has come calling on her because of this dream he had. Yeah. He's like, I got to tell her I'm Peter Bradford. I got to tell her. Mm-hmm. And... He's anxious to talk about her, and he finds her wandering the grounds. Yeah. Because Nicholas Blair had hit, had her show him where she was exercising. he just left her in the woods? He just left her in the friggin' woods. He was like, go back to bed. You're fine now. So she's wandering and wandering. Never made it back to bed. Is still wandering in the woods. Oh, my gosh. Clutching this button. This button in her hand. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a button from Nicholas's coat. So Jeff tells Vicky that he believes he's Peter Bradford because of the dream he had about Nathan Forbes. Yeah. And Vicky says the dream doesn't prove anything. Well, that didn't happen. It. So she takes Jeff to the professor. Yeah. And Stokes wants, she wants Stokes to hypnotize him to see if it'll bring anything back for him. I mean, it's and, the best course of action, I think, yeah, at this point. Yeah, I think so too. And Stokes thinks it's the best yeah. choice, you know, I mean, how, also. how better to get into your mind and get the truth than to... Yeah. You exactly. I, I'd like to be hypno- hypnotized and see what I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did I say? Repressed memories. No. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want any of those memories. But, but he, in doing that, he they, he does do the hypnosis, mm-hmm. but doesn't figure out who Jeff really is. Um, but while he's under hypnosis, he does tell Stokes about his job with Eric Lang and that he was doing an experiment to bring a dead person back to life, but didn't know... If he had succeeded. Yeah, Jeff had no idea. Because he quit before. You remember uh, Julia hypnotized him and then he left Langs. He had no idea. Right. And so the professor brings out Adam to confirm it. And It's interesting because Jeff didn't know what the creature's face looked like because he was out before that part. Yeah. All that was left was his face. Yeah. To be done. Exactly. When um, Peter. I said Peter. (laughs) When Jeff exited the project. It's the same thing. (laughs) So he shows Jeff just Adam's hand. Just Adam's hand and said, is this the hand that you brought to Lang? And, you know, he starts panicking. He's like, oh, my God, it lives, it lives, you know. And so, but 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 Jeff doesn't remember any of this because he was under hypnosis and, and Professor made it to where he couldn't remember. But this is when Stokes also urges Vicky to leave town as soon as she can. Yeah. Because Cassandra is back. Yes. And he thinks that she will stop at nothing to get this dream curse going again. But Vicky won't leave Jeff. Especially in this very transitional period in his life where he he's finally on board that he could be Peter Bradford. Yeah. She doesn't want to leave him. Yeah. So she spends a couple of days at Maggie's house instead. But Cassandra finds her there. You know, use a yeah. little trick with the fire and show me where she is, you know. Yeah. And she shows up as Angelique in the period yeah. clothes yeah. and the curly hair yeah. and attempts to ha- to get her to have the dream again. But Vicky sees her scheme in the rose water bottle. She almost uses it, and that's what's supposed to make her have the dream. But Maggie, but Maggie's like, that's not mine. She's yeah. like, I thought it was yours. And she's like, oh, no, smash this. Don't get touch rid of it. it. Don't yeah, touch it. get rid of it. <laughs> so instead. Black spot, black spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Cassandra sends Sam Evans' ghost to her instead. Yeah. Says you cannot rest. You will not go back to your grave. You cannot like until a low blow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like leave them. He's blind, and I think it's so funny that he's still blind and deaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor guy. But but tells him you cannot go back. I will not allow you to go back until you tell that girl the tr- the dr- the dream. But again, even in death, whether it was Sam's death or Angelique or both, that curse didn't leave him. Kind of like Liz's didn't. True. Very true. When Angelique 
quote unquote died mm-hmm. for a minute. Well, and like Sam not... was still blind and even in death. Right. That is crazy. You're yeah. right. So I was I was about to say, oh well, Angelique didn't blind him. Yeah, she did. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it like Liz I, I, yeah. Like, didn't die when she did. That's and crazy. Weird. So it, it works, you know. Sam does tell her the dream, and I'm sorry, I can't, I ha- I can't go back until I tell you. Yeah, you know, I can't rest. Yeah, Angelique did not consider Vicky's willpower. She kind of like she did with Mrs. Johnson. She thought Mrs. Johnson was bad. Vicky, nobody fought harder to not tell yes. that story more than Vicky. Agreed, and she kept it to and herself. And we saw people struggle. Yeah, Julia was trying to do that project. Yeah. And Lane too. She held out as long as she could not to say anything. Yeah. But it, 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 I mean, it's Barnabas's life if she don't exactly. tell the story and get on with the project. Exactly. And, and, and Vicky knows that because she knows who Angelique is. Yeah. I mean, Lang, it wasn't a huge deal because he was still pretty skeptical about it at the time. But Julia, Julia knew, but for Barnabas's sake, knew she had to tell so she could get on with the project that she felt inadequate of doing unless she could get this off her back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She refuses to see Barnabas. And Maggie brings her back to Collinwood, and she's looking around, making sure the coast is clear, and runs up to her room and stays there. Stays there. And that's when Maggie meets Nicholas Blair. That's right, yeah. And she's like, I can only stay a minute. He's like, ooh. Yeah. Who's this? (laughs) Exactly. And and Nicholas, I mean, mean, when they meet, she can tell him she can only stay a minute because she's got to get back to the hospital because Adam knocked Joe out. And Joe's in the hospital for forever. That's right, that's right. And very charming. And I'm so sorry for the delay. And let me make it up to you. I'll drive you back to the hospital, you know. And I think that when Nicholas met Maggie, this is going back to the, what is he? You know, when he met Maggie Evans, I believe it was love at first sight. Yeah. I, 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 he seemed to be just completely taken by her. But, I mean, he remains stoic because he's Nicholas Blair, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me that, you know, an ev- even an evil being like Nicholas Blair can be blindsided by love. Because Maggie's so good and so pure. It's tr- And I think that's another part of the reason he I, felt I for her. I think that helped a lot and the attraction. And, and I think in his own peculiar way, eventually, he did love Maggie Evans, you know, in the episodes to come. But and he works for a higher power. He does. He does. had other plans. He does, and that that is a creepy scene too. But we'll get there when we get oh, there. God. I don't oh, even want to talk God. about it yet. I don't yeah. even want to talk about it yet. But Ooh. but he charms his way into Maggie's heart. This is just the first step. Yeah, <laughs> even got her blushing and everything. Like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, and we'll and we'll we'll certainly get there. But so there is a thing that happens between then and this next scene coming. Now that Barnabas knows that Vicky has had the dream, he knows his time is coming. Yeah. Because I'm not quite sure that Barnabas believed that Vicky would completely keep it to herself. So he knew that his time was coming. So he went to Angelique, Cassandra, and said, look, I'm yours. Don't do this to Vicky. She will hold on to this. Just like you did 200 years ago. Yeah. If you'll just leave Sarah, if you'll cure, cure Sarah. Yes. I'll do anything it, you it, want. It was the I'll same thing. I'll be anybody thing. who you want. Just... It, it was the same thing. It was yeah. the same thing. He was like, I, I will do my best to be the husband I never was to you. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll do my best to be true to you. And, and please just don't let this happen to Vicky. Don't do this to her. And honestly, at this point, I was like, is this going to be the moment where she comes out? Yeah. Is, yeah. Is she going to kind of come because out she with doesn't, it? She doesn't, uh, she doesn't rebuttal. She doesn't argue. She just kind of walks away. Yeah. I, I mean, put, puts her back to him, doesn't say a word, but he leaves the room, but she doesn't try to argue this at all. Yeah. 
once Cassandra tells Nicholas this, he's like, you're an idiot. Yeah. And does a, be quiet. <laughs> be quiet. Be quiet. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite Nicholas lines. Just just the way he said it. You know, she's trying to plead her quiet case and he's not hearing it. Just be quiet, yeah. you know? And Listen he's, he's disgusted. Disgusted by the fact that she thinks her dream curse is no longer necessary. Yeah. Since because Barnabas, he admitted defeat. Yeah. And- Agreed to be sub- submit and be faithful and yeah, I've won, Nicholas. I've won. Yeah, exactly. And and he's like, no, I brought you back to to do this, to get your revenge. And now that you're one step away, you're ready to throw it all away because of your human emotion. Yeah. And she's like, you better follow through. Yeah. You better, or yeah. I'm or I'm gonna, I'm I'll get you, little girl. You know. <laughs> yeah. When Vicky assures Cassandra that she'll never tell Barnabas the dream, and that the dream will die with her. Yeah. Even if it kills me. Yeah. And Nicholas suggests that Angelique bring Barnabas to Vicky because Vicky will not go to Barnabas. Yeah, yeah. He has her uh, write a letter, but he casts a spell so that the letter looks like it's in Vicky's handwriting. Mm-hmm. And the letter states that she cannot live with this dream curse anymore and she's going to leave Collinwood. And, of course, Barnabas is like, no, you're not. See, and for me... immediately goes. It, for me, it almost sounded like suicide. It om- almost... Y- in a in a way, in, in a in a way it sort of felt like suicide, but yeah. I I can't I can't be certain of that. Julia ends up finding the two of them in the foyer, and she immediately sends Vicky into the drawing room and begs Barnabas to get out and yeah. go back home. Yeah, yeah, She's like just get out of here. Yeah, and Barnabas uh, he just can't stand the fact that Vicky is torturing herself by not telling him the dream. Mm-hmm. Like he he loves her so much, and mm-hmm. you don't want that. Oh, you gonna make me cry. And he decides that he's going to go to Collinwood and make her tell him, basically. Yeah. He's decided, he's like, I'm not going to let this happen to her. Yeah. If Cassandra didn't respond to me saying, I submit to you, white flag. Yeah. Here's my white flag. That she's not going to respond at all. Right, exactly. And there was nothing stopping this except for Vicky's willpower. Yeah. So, and he can't, he's not having it. He's not having it. So he heads back and pleads and demands and insists with Vicky until she tells him. Just tell me. And, but it isn't until Barnabas says that he, he's like, I have loved very few things in this life, but I love you. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh. He's like, and I would rather die than see a person such as you destroy yourself, you know? And, For and, someone like me. Yeah, and, and Vicky, that, that like melts Vicky and she sits down and tells him the dream. Yeah. And... Barnabas beelines for the old house. Beelines. And this, you guys, oh, favorite Julia Hoffman moment right here. My girl. Yes. Julia goes into the drawing room to comfort Vicky. Barnabas said, please take care of her. She's crying. You know, and and he leaves. Beelines for the old house. Yeah. And she goes in, comforts him. They have a few words about Barnabas. And Cassandra walks in and has the freaking audacity to ask Vicky why she's crying. She asks this ridiculous question and Julia stands up. On her feet. Not a word. Not a freaking word. She walks over her and without a word just bitch slaps her across the face. Like bitch slaps oh, her. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Cassandra said, you'll be sorry you did that. And it's still, without a word, she walks right out with her head held high. Mm-hmm. And I literally stood up and just. Yeah. Just, oh man, I love the it. legendary Grayson Hall. Oh, love it. Mm. Yeah, that was one of my highlighted Julia moments. Yes, for yes. Sure. I mean, literally, I, 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 I shit you not. I was up on my feet just clapping. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. But oh, I loved it. So I think much. I rewound it at least three times. Oh yeah, me I too. watched it and then I rewound it and watched it again. And then the third time, I called Barry and I was like, "Look, you gotta like, watch. You get this. in here and watch you this. Watch this. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I love it. It's oh. great. It's great. Yeah. And 
Barnabas back at home wastes no time in having the dream. Mm -hmm. And he takes a sleeping pill and just sits and waits for the inevitable. He sits in his chair and... His favorite chair, yep. Waits for the inevitable. Inevitable. Julia tries to stop. He's like, let me give you something to keep you awake. He was like, nope, too late. Give me something to sleep. He's like, I already took the sleeping pill. She was like, what? Yeah. And, and, And Julia sits behind him and just waits. Just sits behind him, watches him sleep, and yeah. just waits. Yeah. And which again shows Julia's loyalty devotion. and devo- devotion to this man. Yeah. Knows that she cannot stop what's about to happen, so she sits there and she waits. And, and the moment we've been waiting for is finally happening. Yes. He's having the dream. Yes. And he goes through the entire sequence of the dream, opening the random doors, seeing the random scenes behind them, and finds himself back at the old house. And then wakes up. Yeah. And and it's not Angelique who summons, to, who beckons to him. It's Cassandra. Yeah. She comes as Cassandra. Yeah. So. And Barnabas, that very last door. It's a head of blazing light. The head of blazing light does burn. And it leads him back to the old house. And the, back to the and, point and of return. he's like, what am I missing He's here? like the point of return, home. Yeah. Like. But, but here's, here's the thing. He gets back to the old house and the camera kind of zooms in on a space on the floor it's the space where Barnabas was attacked by the bat. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was the space where Angelique cursed him. Yes, the point of return. That was the point of return. And But he wakes up. After that, he wakes up, and he's like, I won. I've won. And Julia was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's too easy, yeah, you know? Yeah. So she she goes downstairs to get Willie. He's like, we'll, we'll figure this out together. And, and Barnabas has got this great big smile on his face until there's three knocks at the door. Mm-hmm. You know, the same as everyone else. After they have this dream, there's three knocks at the door, you know, during the dream. And then when they wake up, you know, there's their beckoner, you know, and it's like all the blood drains from his face, Mm -hmm. just drains from his face. And Mm -hmm. he goes and opens the door. There's nobody there. But for for like a second, but then he looks off into the distance and we get this squeak, 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 Mm -hmm. the marker Mm -hmm. on the drain. And the bat attacks him and it bites him and he falls to the ground, seemingly dead. Yeah. That's when Julia and Willie come back up and find him on the front porch and bring him inside and Julia examines him. Yeah. And she says, in fact, that he is dead and Willie just breaks down. Breaks down. Oh. Stop it. I know. I know. He just breaks down. And it it just, it, it it was so touching for me in this, this scene was so touching. I mean, we've talked about the type of man that Willie Loomis was and the type of man that Willie Loomis became with Barnabas. And he is very visibly upset in tears when Barnabas has died. Yeah. He, he, he's been brought through the ringer, through hell and back, and somehow that Barnabas put him in. But when it came down to it, he loved Barnabas and knew that Barnabas did so many things for his good. Yeah. And Barnabas literally changed his life. Yeah. And sometimes it may not have been for the good, but he did take away that sleazy willy that made us all uncomfortable. Well, and he even gave status back to him with the Collins family. Mm-hmm. Like they accepted Willie again. Exactly. After being under Barnabas's guise. I mean, even guys, Carolyn. Right, under his wing. Under his wing, yeah. But even even Carolyn, who, you know, in the beginning was holding a gun to his face and said, leave me alone or I'm going to blow you away. Mm-hmm. That's not the same Willie that we see now. Yeah. You know, and with all the bad in Barnabas, Willie found the good in him too and found himself loving Barnabas yeah. and seeing Barnabas as a mentor to him. So he's very, very visibly upset at this moment. And it made me cry just a little bit too. Sorry, guys. Made me cry just a little bit too. But Julia knows. She knows what she's got to do. Barnabas was very clear. 
It's like, please, please, for the love of God, don't let me live like this anymore. You know, do it immediately. Her reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her reasoning is that she cannot stand the thought of sentencing him to a lifetime of needing blood. But when she gets to the moment of following through, she cannot. Mm-mm. She can't. Could you? Yeah. But she, she no, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. Like, I'd like to say, oh, yeah, I'm strong. I can do it. But let's just be honest here. I mean, and it'll always, the unspoken elephant in the show is Julia loves him. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and in love with him. But you don't promised. hear her crying about it, Martha. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> are you talking about Martha Jones? From Doctor yes. Who. <laughs> All he can yes. talk about is Rose and Josette. Julia, Julia was a cut above. <laughs> Doctor Who fans will get it. She promised Barnabas that she would not let him live as a vampire again, so she decides to bury him. She and Willie. And standing over his grave, Willie tells Julia, she's like, you'd, you'd feel better if you'd cry. And she was like, I'm past crying. She's like, if I could imagine life without Barnabas, I could cry, but I cannot. I can't. So they start making plans. You know, the dirt is on the is on the coffin, and he's buried. The deed is done, and Julie, Willie's like, "What do we do? What are we gonna do?" You know, and Julie was like, "Well, I'm gonna go back to Wincliffe." He was like, "And you can come with me." It's like, like, "Willie's no, kind of her responsibility, yeah. in a sense, now that Barnabas is gone." Exactly, exactly. She took on Barnabas's role for for Willie, and he was yeah. like, "I don't want to go back." And she was like, "No, no, 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 yeah. not as a patient." She was like, "You can come and work for me at yeah. Wincliffe." Yeah. And, and Willie was like, wow, you know, but I, I, but I didn't even think about that, that she would take on the role of Barnabas. You know, you can be my, my housekeeper, my handyman. Yeah. But I mean, what an impact Barnabas must've made in Julia's life for her to have known him for such a short period of time that he is seemingly dead and she can't imagine life without him. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's quite an imprint that Barnabas. Barnabas. Yeah. And she's only known him less than a year at this point. Yeah. And I also believe it shows just how much Julia loved him. Yeah. But I don't believe it was a school school girl version of loving him. Oftentimes she was pretty silent and stoic about it, but she was always faithful. Yeah. And I mean, Barnabas left a lasting imprint on Julia Hoffman. I just, I believe that. Well, meanwhile, while that's happening, Carolyn goes back to the root cellar looking for Adam. She finds him and is astonished by how much he's learned since the last time she saw him when he saved her life. Yeah. Um, she's been stewing about him since she thought that he had died. Yeah. Seen him go over the cliff. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to repay him for saving her life. Mm-hmm. And Adam suddenly goes limp and unconscious. Carolyn has brought the professor to help, but neither of them seem to be able to figure out what's really going on here. Yeah, I mean, Professor's smart, but he's not a doctor. Yeah. And, and you know, Julia and Barnabas, if you would have told Professor Stokes everything... <laughs> we maybe could have avoided this. <laughs> but even they, at that point, didn't know the connection between Adam and Barnabas. No, because they, they still, still haven't heard know. the message. Yeah. But, Carolyn, she's sure he's dying, and she's hysterical and freaking out. Yeah. And the professor tells her that his heart has stopped. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn is obviously visibly upset, Mm. Um, but Professor Stokes feels that it's not true, and as he says, he trusts his feelings implicitly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Professor goes off his feelings a lot because he knows his His feelings. His intuition is very strong. It it is, it is. And he's like, this doesn't feel right. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like this is right. He can't be dead. Yeah, and he's like, I don't want to call the police just yet. I feel like there's something more going on. Right. I don't. We don't need to get them involved just yet. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to wait a few minutes yeah. because he feels like there's more happening here. Yeah. And so he, he's just, he's not ready to cut. But eventually he does give up hope. But he still doesn't want to call the police. He wants to call Julia. It's yeah. like, get Julia here. Yeah. The doctor. 
I'm sorry. That doctor. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Doctor I, Who. I'm I have sorry. been successful in getting her on the Doctor Who <laughs> kick. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> if there's something I love close to as much as I love Dark Shadows, it would be Doctor Who. You guys, I love it so much. So, so Julia does confirm that he's dead. She, he's dead. No heartbeat. No breathing. Yeah, and and. All of a sudden, Adam starts breathing again, well, or, or sort of. Yeah. I mean, he's choking and he's gasping, yeah. and but she realizes very quickly that she buried Barnabas alive. She's yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the part where Professor is begging her for answers. What is happening yeah, here? What is and she's happening? Like, I'll tell you when it's all over. We have to do this right but now. But I promise, I have less than an hour right now. I'll exactly. tell you when I get back. Yes, exactly. And I, she, she's like, "What?" I, you know, and. So the first thing, you know, they dig him up just in time. Yeah, Professor, just in time. Literally. And the first thing that Barnabas does is go to Collinwood and confronts Cassandra. Uh-huh. Because Willie's already told Maggie and Cassandra that Barnabas is dead. Yes. And he tells her this is the first dawn he looks forward to without the fear of her. And she has no more power over him. But she swears that she will have power over him, get over him again soon enough so friends that's the end of the dream curse we're done we did it (laughs) thank you thank you for hanging in with us we know we know how long this saga is but (laughs) we managed to get it in four hours as opposed to you know as a collection and a half (laughs) it wasn't that bad it it? wasn't so bad you know i i I, again i love the things in the great dream curse on the show certainly certainly (laughs) is and i I mean i'm a fan of the dream curse and this is our last one before we have mr patrick mccray come on and talk about this dream curse with us so i lied i guess we're not done with it just yet we're gonna go all over it we're gonna do one last debrief with mr mccray one more debrief but we're just gonna generally speak about it we're not gonna go into too much depth we just we are so excited about this episode coming up on Halloween. Very, very special episode of Between the Shadows with Mr. Patrick McRae. And we just want to invite you guys, every one of you, please join us on Halloween. This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful time here on Between the Shadows. Uh, Reach out to us with comments, concerns, questions. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of those things. Head over, like, and subscribe. You're going to get um, content there that is not on our listening services. So we'd be ever so grateful. Mm -hmm. But until next week, guys, keep it between us and the shadows. Good night. Good night. It is a beautiful night. I couldn't sleep. There was a time when I felt alive only at night. It was unusual, and you know it, because I could not exist in the day. Look at the dawn. Does it frighten you? It used to frighten me, but it doesn't any longer. Curious how one changes, is it not? And I have changed, Angelique. It will be a beautiful dawn, and do you know why? It will be a beautiful dawn because it will be the first one I will ever see without being afraid of you. You no longer have any power over me. None at all. You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.